Get about the curveball, Ricky. Give him a heater. We have the streaking Blue Jays, the skidding Angels. The NL East race is heating up. Uh, Tyler Anderson has won four in a row. Others have made some uh, streaking appearances that will make a list there for uh, players who are uh, on an excellent run themselves. Uh, we're going to cover all that and more on the Heater Podcast, which is brought to you by River Creek Popcorn. For all of your snacking needs for baseball games and movies of choice, come hungry, leave happy. I am Dan Lewig. He's Corey Peeper, uh, and we are set to uh, discuss... Uh, uh, some entertaining uh, uh, streaking going on in Major League Baseball. Uh, and uh, also talk about uh, life on the wagon. Uh, yeah. This is uh, uh, inching closer to a couple things in, in development, but uh, what's, uh, what's going on in the, in, the, in, in the popcorn world? So I couldn't announce it till we officially hit June, but the River Creek Popcorn is the featured business of the month at WCCU, which is a local... I could say bank, but it's a credit union, so it's not a local financial establishment and the one in Sauk Prairie. So my week, I didn't get a whole lot done as far as the, the online ordering or actually like working on a new popcorn because I do make a display and get down there. There's We have some coupons down there. We have a nice display. We have a coloring contest, so bring your kids. And that was my week this week with the popcorn. And then obviously the last four days here, I've been working in the wagon uh, we dodged all the lightning. Some beautiful no lightning. Uh, uh, weather when the the rain stayed away for at least yeah. until the weekend here, and uh, actually it too was, bad. Yeah, and even even yesterday, I stuck it out the whole day. Just got drenched at different times, but we stuck it out, and people came. So we always tell people, unless there's lightning or thunder, we're going to stick it out. And because we don't, we have people. I had people call today from Beaver Dam saying, "Are you open?" Because I'm gonna if, if people are willing to come from Beaver Dam, unless I, my life is in danger, dangerous weather conditions, I will stick it out for them. So no, that's uh, about an hour and a half, depending upon where it's close to two hours, somewhere in that range yeah. within it. What's the uh, uh, what's the longest uh, duration you've seen uh, of people coming by uh, from those that you talk to? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I'm I'm ready. Mm. To, I'm prepared today. Tomahawk's about four hours away, and we have someone yeah. who comes down about every six weeks to get. Two large caramel corns and a large regular popcorn. So, and they just drive down Saturday and drive back that same day. So, I mean, we've had people there from you know, Arkansas or whatever, and, and just for visiting. But as far as routine customers, we have someone who comes from Tomahawk. With some family that comes from Cross Plains, pretty much every week. That's well over an hour. So, yeah. And some of these uh, gas folks, is a little again, expensive right now. So, I was going to say <laughs> for some of these folks within it, the eventual online option is going to be there. Where yeah. if uh, you want to make the drive and enjoy beautiful weather, you can. But if the weather doesn't uh, doesn't look good or uh, gas prices being what they are, uh, there's going to be some other options coming up here soon. So, uh, be uh, exciting be to ready. see all that coming uh, coming up here this summer. Be ready. It's it's coming. I'm still getting there. Well, you know what you need to be ready for though, don't you? I am. Sorry, we're going. We're going streaking. We're going streaking. Boom. We are uh, talking in the American League to the uh, the hottest team in the American League outside of the the Bronx Bombers. Uh, they finally just had a, a loss here in the last couple of days, but they were up to I think it was a ten game winning streak with the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, we've said there's too much talent on paper. When is that going to show itself? Uh, and 
and on-field results. Uh, they've definitely uh, surged in the last uh, week and a half here uh, and now have taken over second place in the AL East. Uh, the Yankees still do have a, a comfortable lead, but the Blue Jays are surging on the, I guess I'll ask the question, uh, what is the uh, the final cause uh, of them finally getting back on track? They're finally scoring some runs. So this team that I said, historic offense, right? Well, they weren't, and Vlad Jr. was pretty cold. Bo Bichette was fine, but it wasn't what we expected. And you mentioned, you know, we can go back to the 24th of May, Eight runs, six runs, four runs, six runs, 11 runs, six runs, seven runs, eight runs, three runs, 12 runs. Well, every one of those games where they scored more than three runs, they won. If you're going to score six runs plus most of the time, you're going to win a lot of games. That and sounds like a good uh, John Maddenism <laughs> right, right there. That's right. Score more points than the other team, right? So getting the offense going, I always thought it would happen. Teoscar Hernandez, after we put him on a cold streak, just was it last week we talked about that or two weeks ago, I guess? And so he looks better. He looks, he's had, I think, three two-hit games in the last week. Just getting some of these guys that we expected, you know, we're in June now, right? We always, I always say, until Memorial Day, it's just a streak. After Memorial Day, you really have to start thinking, is something changed here? What's going on? Well, we're past Memorial Day, and now the weather's heating up. You know, I, who knows? Maybe Major League Baseball changed the ball. That I, we don't know. What we do know is offense is picking back up in Major League Baseball, and we're finally seeing uh, the the lack of homers, the uh, the homer uh, uh, dearth that has been around there is now finally changing and warming of the weather. Other things taking place helps that too. Whatever the cause may be, it's happening. And they've still – actually, Gelsman had one of his worst starts today. Uh, but other than that, Barrios finally had a good start. That's a good sign. Brios finally had a good start. Oh, I could have told you that because I dropped him in fantasy and uh, really? wherever I could within. Like, and I knew that that would uh, eventually be the case, but I was tired of waiting. Yeah. Same with Charlie Morton. I held Charlie Morton. Arizona earlier the week, Colorado at Colorado, which was worrisome. So when I had a chance to sit him today, I did. But I played him in a couple teams, and I saw he got the win. So I'm holding him for those crappy offenses. <laughs> Give me the next time he has to play the Dodgers or something, he could very well be on the chopping block. But – uh, as far as Toronto goes, they're, they've, they've actually had good pitching. It's been the hitting, and so now the hitting's coming around. The, the hitting's come around. They're, they are front-loaded in that uh, rotation. They have one of the best uh, one-two punches uh, with uh, Gaussman and Manoa uh, that you could ask for within that, and their bullpen at the end is locked down. You have uh, one of the better closers in, in baseball. Uh, they have some good setup men. Like they're, they're, They have quality depth there. Again, could anyone could say that you could use another bullpen arm. Uh, and maybe if they want to go for like a fifth starter type, maybe. Uh, but there's this team is set. They don't need to make any major moves at, at the at the deadline. Again, this is the team that is always uh, uh, advantageous. They'll look for opportunistic. Uh, so we'll see what's there. But uh, again, first baseman, if they want to do anything within that, they definitely could. Uh, but this team is, is set to go, and now they're finally doing the things that we expect them to do. When when I looked a couple weeks ago to find the hot and cold hitters. I think there was two players on the team with a plus 100 OPS plus, and it was Santiago Espinal and George Springer. Now Alejandro Kirk's at 144, Vlad's up to 134, Boba Shett's at 109, and even some of the guys who aren't quite there. Teoscar Hernandez is now up to 96. Lourdes Gurriel is up to 97. So it's, it's a very good lineup. It's starting to click a little bit. It's going to take some work to catch the Yankees, but that race isn't done yet, right? And your team isn't done either. They get some health in it too. They can make a push. Boston's offense has looked slightly better. Their pitching is still – I think they're – did they 
crossed 500. They're right around 500 they, again they now. They just dipped back down. Yeah, they just dipped back. Okay. I think they're about two or three games under now, but they they're hovering back and forth uh, right around that marker. And their but offense, it, their offense is going to carry them to wins too if they can get the pitching. So what they need is you know, Rich Hill or not Rich Hill, Chris Sale. Excuse me. Big difference between Rich Hill and Chris Sale. Chris Sale to come back and provide some support to. They've gotten. They've had games where these guys look good, and that's kind of the Nate Nathan Avaldi, who's sort of their de facto ace. That's always this thing, right? Games of greatness, games of not greatness. I uh, I like that as a, a potential option. Uh, usually, when you say something on here, it spurs on a different creative idea for the next a uh, next podcast. And I think the one for me is difference makers uh, from injuries uh, or from trades, like the one that would fit. If this guy goes to a certain team; he can be a difference maker. What difference makers are out there? Uh, I think that'll be an idea for that. for next week. Uh, we'll take a look at that. Guys coming back from injuries, about the time to take a look at where teams are uh, and that aspect. There are some key guys that'll be coming back that have been out. Uh, again, we've already talked trading deadline, which, by the way, we were only a couple of days ahead of uh, the full push from MLB.com, and Jeff Passan just had a big article out on that as well. Uh, so it is definitely hot stove season kicking off. Uh, but we'll highlight from, we gave a kind of a broad overview of things. We're going to talk about a couple of key guys that if they were traded to a certain place where they could be difference makers. Uh, so I think we'll take a look at that uh, next week. But we talked about the uh, the Blue Jays uh, on a streak uh, and getting up to a 10-game winning streak, I believe, is where they were at. A team that has now gone to 11-game losing streak, the opposite end, uh, streaking in the wrong direction is the Los Angeles Angels. <sighs> Yeah, remember when we said that their pitching was going to be a problem and then it looked like it was pretty good? Well, it's a problem. They are right back to 500 again. And actually, as much as I can sit here and say the pitching has been bad, the hitting has been pretty cold. Mike Trout is in a long slump here, which you don't get to say very often about one of the best players of our generation. It's the curse of Tommy Pham. It's the curse of Tommy Pham. He put a hex on the commish. Uh, and that bat hasn't been the same since. That is that way to go, Tommy Fam. You've ruined one of the all-time greats. But as far as they go, once again, runs four, two runs, zero runs, one run, one run. They did score ten and lose to Toronto, but five, three, three, two. Once again, they've scored over five runs once since May twenty-fifth. That's asking a lot. That's asking a lot of your pitchers, and that pitching staff is is good enough with the good offense, mm-hmm. not good enough to carry the weight themselves. And when the offense was was a couple weeks ago, we talked; they were leading baseball and run scored. I don't have that in front of me right now, but I'm guessing with Taylor Ward's been hurt, Mister MVP himself he's, is he's, hurt. He's going on his second IL stint in about uh, three weeks here. And this is what we said: this team is very, very thin. Brittle. R- Rendon is hurt. Ward is hurt. Trout's cold. Otani is cold. He's at 240. Like it's it's so it's a team that's built around three, four superstars, right? So what ends up happening is if those three, four superstars aren't carrying you, you got problems. And that's what's happening here. They're pitching Otani, I still like he got lit up pretty good the last start. I still think he's good. I think I used ace before. I don't he's an ace in the sense that He's not, I don't know how to describe this. When he is on, he is all of the A's. Now, you could say that about anybody, but when he is really on, like he can roll off Shane McClanahan-like numbers, something like that. But his problem is because he has to do the hitting and the pitching, he's much more inconsistent than a lot of these guys we talk about. So their pitching was never going to be their strong suit. It's always going to have weaknesses. The offense can hide some of that, but it's not doing it right now, and now we're seeing the weakness. This, I, We said it. 
Houston is still the team to beat in this division. Even when LA was tracking to the lead, we said maybe it goes for a while. Right now, Houston looks awesome. Houston looks like the team to beat again in the American League, even though they're easy to override a lot. And the Angels look like they're going to fight for a wild card. As the great lyricist once said, if you're having wind problems, I feel bad for you, son. You got 99 problems and depth is one. <laughs> you're on a roll so there's tonight. a mic drop for you on that you're one on as we uh, uh, turn our attention to uh, the NL East. Uh, and we talk about the uh, Joe Girardi getting the can, getting the axe, uh, and uh, Philly has responded with four straight wins, uh, and uh, Braves now are heating back up as kind of last year they kind of muddled around 500, a little bit under 500 until about this time, give or take, and then they went on a surge while well, they're doing it again with five straight wins there. Uh, the Mets are still maintaining at uh, only a, you know one back-to-back games, but they're 8-2 and two in their last 10 is this finally the NL East that we expected it would be? It's been two years since we've been calling for this NL East, and I, I think so. I, I'm not ready to. I was not. You can say Joe Girardi was a scapegoat. First off, they have a team of DHs, and their defense is awful. That's a lot of the problem with the Philadelphia Phillies is they have a team full of DHs, and their defense is terrible. But they can hit, and big win today. I think it was a walk off grand slam by Mister Harper who's looking very much like the reigning MVP award winner. So they have stars galore, too, on that team. That is a team that is built around stars, whether it's five offensive stars, right? Schwarber, Castellanos, Harper, Reese Hoskins, the the JT Ramuto. The loss was Gene Segura broke his finger this week, and he was playing awesome for them. I think he's out 12 weeks. They did get D.D. Gregorius back. That's a big loss, probably bigger than we give him credit for, but I still think they have – on paper, they should have the best offense of all those teams. Now, the pitching, Nola Wheeler, big top two, Gibson, Eflin, Suarez, serviceable back end. So I still like Philly. We both picked Philly. We're now, they're still four, three, four games under 500, I think. They still got a climb to go. Uh, they get to play Milwaukee this week. I, I'm not looking forward to that, to tell you the truth. This team looks like it's starting to turn a little bit of a corner and. I don't think Reese Hoskins is a 218 hitter. I don't think Kyle Schwerber is a 201 hitter. I don't think Nick Castellanos is a 248 hitter. Let's let's put it this way: Schwerber has not gone on one of his heaters uh, that we've seen in previous years. He went on a, f- a couple of them last year, and that would carry an offense in and of itself. And there's already good players <laughs> on that on that offense. So we've yet to see uh, uh, Schwerber at at his peak. Uh, and we usually get Pete Schwerber again a couple times a year, so that's going to be a, a key, uh, a bump, and various times within this. Uh, you have uh, uh, just different guys that are not playing to their full potential yet, but like the Blue Jays, you're just waiting to see it all come together. And that's and that's where we're at with the Mets, right? That's they are they have come together so far. Now. I can. We you, can make fun De, of the Grom's uh, injury issues. You got Max Scherzer's dog. I mean, you have. Uh, those, these are normally the things that derail this team. Yes, it is. That's the thing, and it's, it hasn't. Not yet, right? It's Pete Alonso looks awesome. He looks great. Like he looks what I would hope for Reese Hoskins to look like, and he looks great doing it. So good for him. When it's right now, usually first base is normally where the offense is found. That's where the bread and butter is uh, for for power for offense. And it has not been there at that position. Uh, he is uh, a uh, an outlier at this ca- at, at this point, uh, and he is doing very traditional stats in an untraditional year. Well, let's let's look at some of the free agents they brought in, right? Because that was the big story with this team. Well, I know it was technically last year, but Francisco Lindor was a massive disappointment last year. 
He's, he isn't this year. Nine home runs, 45 RBIs, stole seven bases. He's only hitting 255, but with counting stats like that, awesome, right? That'll Way play. better than they got. Eduardo Escobar, he has a 98 OPS plus. He's basically playing league average third. But Mark Canna has a 357 on base percentage. Remember Mr. Cohen's complaint last year that his guys Lead didn't off. get on base? Mark Canna's been awesome at leading off for them. Starling Marte has a 116 OPS plus. He has seven steals. He also has six home runs, hitting 280. They're getting... They spent a lot of money on the outfield. You on the needed offense, the table setters. And uh, that's what, what that's they what they for. lack. They have the power hitters. They have some of the other quality depth. Uh, Jeff McNeil is bounce back season for him. Uh, but you now have the table setters to get in front of uh, the guys they're paying big bucks to, and it's paying dividends. And we're still waiting, right? Like if the offense is good, we always thought the pitching could carry them. And we're Degrom through I don't know, bullpen or simulated game something. Degrom is throwing. Scherzer, we've heard, is probably six weeks. Tyler McGill is getting close. And they're still treading water with you know, Chris Bassett and Carlos Carrasco are good, Taiwan Walker, but they're treading water for now. And if you get – there's none of me – you just said X factors or whatever you call them for coming back next week. Guess what? There will be no one better – if Jacob deGrom comes back and is 80% of Jacob deGrom, there is no one better that is going to be acquired. So if they can keep going for a while, if they get some of that pitching back, it's going to be real hard. I don't care how good how hot Philly gets. I'll be wrong because the Mets will pull farther away. When we come back, we're going to take a look at individual players who are also on streaks of their own. Cut my egg. Your eggs are cut, sir. Cut my milk. I can't, sir. It's liquid. Imbecile. Freeze it, then cut it. You, bring me the Wall Street Journal. You two, fight to the death. You are a madman. I want to party are you kids with your loud music and your Dan Fogelberg, your Zima, hula hoops, and Pac-Man video games, don't you see people today have attention spans that can only be measured in nanoseconds? <laughs> be honest with you, I love his music. I do. I'm a Michael Fulton fan. Yes! That's awesome! We're going to take a look at individual players who are uh, having some excellent runs of their own. Uh, and, and again, uh, continuing our theme for this podcast. Sorry, we're going, we're going streaking through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! As we take a look at Tyler Anderson, who we mentioned last week, uh, highlighting four straight W's uh, for those that are looking for... Uh, uh, Guys that are overlooked that have been able to pick up uh, in, in some leagues, you'd find them at least about two weeks ago, you would have found them on the waiver wire or potential for that, depending upon how uh, what type of league you were in. Uh, he has been straight money, Holmes, uh, with four Ws uh, in that category, and they have not been uh, luck wins. Uh, he has been pitching uh, to a low ERA. He's been uh, performing very well. Uh, and allowing the, the Dodgers to keep doing what the Dodgers do. Again, we give them so much credit for their uh, big stars, but this is the type of roster churning they do at the bottom uh, that makes a difference for them uh, big time. So I do like Tyler Anderson. I think he's sitting here at a 259 ERA. It's a little lucky, but here's what I will say about Tyler Anderson. The last game was against the Mets. We just said that's a good team, right? Arizona, that's a double-A team. Uh, Washington, that's a pretty – that's a – sure. Arizona again. Philadelphia lit him up. That's the one time he's given up more earned runs in that game than I think he gave up all the other games combined. But So we're at Arizona, Washington, Arizona, the Cubs. Uh, that's – I've watched the Cubs. 
It's, as a triple-A offense. It's a little better, but it's not Streaky. much. Detroit might be the worst offense in baseball. Cincinnati, Colorado, and San Diego. So we're talking San Diego, I'll say, capable offense. Philadelphia, capable offense. The Mets. He's played three out of his ten starts, and the rest of them are Colorado, Cincinnati, Detroit, the Cubs, Arizona, and Washington. So no, no you, you pitch who you're against. As I'll say, you pitch who you're against. I'm not going to knock Tyler Anderson for doing what he should do against those teams. He's not an ace but he is doing what he should be doing versus these types of teams. Mm -hmm. And plenty of guys, Blake Snell, uh, know how to get in their own way despite being far more talented. Uh, So there is a skill set of being able to go out there and throw uh, six, seven innings uh, against whatever talent that is out there and actually performing and not getting in your own way. Uh, So I'll give him that credit, but uh, no, I'm not anointing him uh, Cy Young, uh, but he is definitely being an excellent number five for this uh, uh, very talented Dodgers team. If you're going to talk fantasy, though, I'm still not just... If you tell me that he gets at Colorado or versus the Mets again, uh, Philly, the Brewers even, some of these teams that are a little better offenses, I'm still going to pick my spots with Tyler Anderson. I'm not ready just to roll him out there and say, you're you're an ace, right? I'm not ready to say that. He's I'm, not Tony Gonzalez. I'm, I'm, I'm fine with a uh, giving a four run. Six innings, four runs. Six innings, three. Can, can be a way that works versus good offenses. With, with the Dodgers, you can still bank wins with that. That's the thing. He's on the right team to beat us a consistent average pitcher, uh, and that'll get you to 15 wins and beyond. Uh, and so that's that's what I'm banking that's for for Tyler point. Anderson. That is a good point. Can we talk about how – sorry, I know this is not on our sheet. Can we talk about just how amazing Mookie Betts has been? He has uh, kind of a – for him, you know, to go take a look at his stats last year when I say slump year, I uh, because that's, that's slump for him. Not for anyone else, but slump for him – coming off an MVP season. Well, he's back to that MVP caliber player, and also and for, for fantasy players, that you can get second base eligibility out of that is, is gold. Do you know how many runs Mookie Betts has? He, he's leading the field by, like, a lot. Like, it's not even close. 52 runs. That is, that's what, 160-ish pace? That is absurd how good that boy has been this year. And Do you see who's second? I'm curious. I thought he was ahead by a considerable amount. I, maybe I'm Lead I us into the next guy that, while I look. But, uh, and we're going to talk also about, uh, for speaking of offensive players, Paul Goldschmidt uh, has been on a streak of his own, an on-base streak. Uh, that has, uh, do you see what the latest numbers are for, for him for how many games? Okay, well, first off, the guy that was second is the one we were just talking about before the podcast started. Tommy Edmund is second with 43 runs scored, who's also ten, low-key been ten awesome. Above. Yeah, at this, ten above. At this stage of the, the season, 10 above. That is amazing how good he's been. Paul Goldschmidt, though, yes. Remember, I think it was... Four years ago, he started off about this time of year. He was hitting like 180, and people were low-key writing off Paul Goldschmidt. And I, was he going to age out yes. early? Was he going to age out early? That's a good way of putting it. And we're now at 34. He's been in St. Louis already four years, and he looks better than ever. Uh, he's he's another one. They have something in the St. Louis water that just makes these guys figure it out as they get older, even get better. He is leading baseball in hits. He has a 424 on base percentage, also leading baseball. He has a 613 slugging percentage leading, and so he leads in OPS. I think he's on a 20-some game hitting streak. Did you say that? I don't know how I, long I it think is. That's, I just knew on base a streak oh, was maybe already it was on base. It's long. Uh, there. It's he, getting up there. It's, it's the longest in Major League Baseball to date. I think that the thing that always gets you with Paul Goldschmidt is how fast he is, even though he's so big. Like He has three steals. Again, this year he stole 12 bases. Last year he's never he hasn't been caught since... 2019, he always chips in a few steals along with the power and the absurd batting average. Yeah, I 
he's just a rock star in the middle of that Cardinals lineup. And if we're talking about why Tommy Edmonds scoring all those runs, it's because Paul Goldschmidt's hitting behind him. And behind that is Nolan Arenado had a great April. He's been a little cool in the month of May, but I think that Nolan Arenado will bounce back too. So the Cardinals lineup, it, it's very, it's very top heavy, but that top is very talented. But they're starting to improve with the young players coming in uh, that's providing depth and length to that lineup. Uh, Nolan Gorman uh, has looked good. Again, they're they're doing what he does well. He will uh, crush right-handed pitching, and you sit him versus lefties. When you have that many middle infielders, the guys with versatility, you can do that. Juan Yepes has uh, been uh, uh, performing solidly within. I think they're still looking at another guy that might be coming up uh, to uh, uh, give more more depth to that uh, that team. Uh, But I'm trying to look at... Where it went, it was as of yesterday. He was at a 25-game hitting streak, and I was just wanting to see as I pull up the the game for today to see. He's if two for four it. right now, so, so 26. That's that's pretty good. That's Trey Turner was at 24, and he did not get there today. So longest one in the in the majors, Paul Goldschmidt. I, I watched him against the Brewers just a few weeks ago. He had multiple home runs in that series. He has been a Brewers killer his whole career. So when he got traded to the St. Louis Cardinals. That was disappointing to me because I didn't like having to play him that often when he was with Arizona, and now he's with the, the Cardinals, and they're very talented. You mentioned Gorman. Nolan Gorman, you're not going to play him against lefties. The Cardinals are smart enough. They will not play him against lefties. Right now, the strikeouts are in check. That's what you got to watch with him because yep. in the minors, he was pushing like 33%, I think. like That's a lot of strikeouts. So I do think Nolan Gorman's very good, though, too. So I'm not all that concerned. Juan Yep, as you mentioned, being very talented. Yeah, there was a third guy, because I remember reading that they were setting, like, home run records at Memphis. I just got to look up who it was. While you're doing that, we'll uh, uh, get to our final player on our, our list who's on uh, uh, getting ready to break a major league record with his streak, and that's uh, Milwaukee's Josh Hader, who is now at 40 consecutive scoreless appearances uh, which has tied the major league record, which already is amazing. I'm I'm, I'm betting that's Eric Gagne, uh, by the way, who had 40 straight consec- uh, scoreless appearances. I'm curious to see if I'm right or for some other if it's an obscure guy. Uh, but I think when he had his Cy Young season, he was that shutdown uh, that I could see that being the case. So there's two things for you to look up as you're uh, as you're doing that. But we'll come back to the first one and then we'll cover a Josh Hader. So Alec Burleson, Nolan Gorman had 15 home runs in the minor leagues in only 34 games, but he had struck out 50 times down there in 130 at-bats. That was always a concern. So far it hasn't reared its ugly head, but Alec Burleson is the other player down at Memphis that has in 46 games. He has 12 home runs hitting 324. You mentioned Juan Yepes. He was having a great year down there. So, yes, the Memphis Redbirds team had a lot of talent. They're being promoted up here to the Cardinals Big League Club and – it's going to be a race now against the Brewers, right? We will include uh, in next week's list when we talk about difference makers, we'll look at at least a couple of uh, minor league guys that could definitely do that. And we'll even throw in as a bonus, maybe not this year, uh, but a difference maker that is lurking for a Milwaukee team. Uh, reason to be excited uh, with the farm system. So we'll tease with that as we get to... Uh, we know that Josh Hader tied the major league record with 40 uh, consecutive scoreless appearances. The question is, who did he tie with? And I'm not sure if any articles are necessarily stating that. That may not be the easiest thing to find. Uh, but I found the scoreless inning streak, but that was Earl Hershiser. That one I know. Hmm. Not finding it. I will. It's an all scoreless streak. I think it's Ryan Presley, actually. No, he had. He, you yes, are right. It is Ryan Presley. So that's pretty long. 40 games is a long time without allowing an earned run. 
Josh Hader's, you know, I watch every Brewers game that I can. Josh Hader's been awesome this year. He's actually looks, he looks better than ever, which is saying something for a guy who's won, I think, two of the last three relief pitcher of the year awards and Devin Williams won the other one. So the Brewers are on a kind of a streak in there and Josh Hader, it's a whole new level. He, he controls his problem has always been that he would have these games where the walks have gotten out of line so far. It hasn't reared its ugly head. And from everything I can tell, I don't think it's going to either. He's controlling multiple pitches, which was always his thing. It was, he can throw one fastball. And then if he can't control the slider, they lay off. That's kind of what Hunter green dealt with earlier in the year. But right now, Josh Hader, it, he looks like the dominant relief pitcher that he is. And so now it's a matter of, will the Brewers pay him? That's what's the question been for years, right? Will the Brewers pay him or will he go in a trade and bring back a haul from the Dodgers or whoever? This is a uh, uh, interesting as I was trying to look up this this information. I think, number one, Hater, it was, it was about four years ago. Uh, that uh, he had just had that that off at least half year, whatever the case it may be, where again relief pitchers can be so volatile that people were wondering, well, you know, is this uh, is he still going to be that dominant guy? Uh, and again, like Goldschmidt four years ago, right? Uh, that people thought well, was he going to age uh, age out quickly? Uh, that is not the case with Hader either, uh, and he is as good as he has ever been uh, with with bottom line results. Uh, and he has definitely done that with it. I have on MLB.com, I was able to find an old article uh, of uh, the top 10 uh, for relief pitchers for uh, most uh, scoreless appearances. Uh, so, again, some guys you expect Paul Goldschmidt doing what he's doing <laughs> makes sense. Josh Hader makes what he's doing makes sense. But of all the categories of randomness within it, uh, this is the one that I think is going to have more names than, uh, okay. than you could pick. So I'm going to give you, you read me off uh, a of chance. These. Let's do uh, who do you think would be uh, – give me five guys that you would expect to be on this list. So I'm still going to give you uh, a chance versus giving ten. You'll have a chance to get five in ten. How many can you get? So do I, so I get Ryan Presley, right? Yeah. That's one. Ryan Presley, good pitcher, Houston. You mentioned Eric Gagne. I remember the long consecutive st- save streak with the Dodgers. He won a Cy Young Award, so I will say Eric Gagne is on that list. Okay. Am I Roberto Asuna? Uh, he had that long stretch with Houston a few years ago, I believe. Hmm. I will still stick to Craig Kimbrell. There's been times where he's been absolutely dominant. Some of those Boston times. And how about oh, I got to go with the greatest of all time, Mariano Rivera? Okay. Now give me just a, give me a random reliever. Just any you random think, uh, just a random a uh, random a uh, guy that has been uh that you could imagine all of a sudden just went on a on a streak. Rafael Montero. Okay. So on this list you uh added uh Craig Kimbrell. Boom. So that was on the list. And if I'm correct, no one else. Darn. Cuz this list okay, would not be an easy one. Uh, to uh, to put together. So again, at the top was Ryan Presley before Josh mm-hmm. Hader uh, tied it. Uh, second on the list is Craig Kimbrell. Hey, I got two, one and two. Look at that. Uh, Adam Ottavino when he's with Colorado. <laughs> so how's it? Uh, 20, 2014 yeah. to 2016, 37 game. It was interrupted by Tommy John surgery, uh, and uh, he still kept the streak going. Uh, real, uh, no signs of rust for 21 uh, consecutive games. The final 21 of that run. Yeah, I definitely would not have gotten out of, you know, keep going. Mike Myers. Uh, the, the, the Angels Mike Myers? M- Milwaukee and Colorado. Oh, this must be a long time the ago. ultimate loogie. Oh, this must have been a long nine, time from ago. From 1999 to 2037 games. Hmm. Uh, J.C. Romero, part of the... Uh, Twins? 
the uh, Philly uh, at the time, uh, 07, 08, back at their peak when they were making a World Series run. Mm-hmm. He uh, was an elite pitcher for him. Uh, four of those uh, uh, scoreless appearances in the World Series, so he made them count. Wade Davis. Dodge, uh, Cubs. I remember him with the Cubs, but, but he was with a lot Kansas of Kansas City was the team for him uh, in was that 2014. The World Series? Was that the World Series when they just pitched everybody to death at their bullpen? Yep. That was uh, awesome. That was uh, uh, for first full-time shift to the bullpen, uh, an ERA of one on the nose, 109 strikeouts in 72 innings. Uh, well done. Arthur Rhodes, there's an oldie uh, <laughs> for you from Cincinnati, 33 games back in 2010. I remember I had a video game. I think it was like MLB maybe 2006, and Arthur Rhodes was a stud on that game. One of 26 pitchers all time to appear in 900 career games and one of just six lefties. Uh, 20 seasons. Uh, and uh, this was in closer to the end. He did this at age 40 where he posted a 2.29 ERA, made the all-star team. Bring him back out. He's a lefty. He can throw forever. Scott Iyer, uh, Chicago Cubs, see, that's 07, 08. One. I'm not sure I actually remember that name. That's that might be a, the first one. That's a, just a, a, one of the random guys in there. Mark Guthrie from New York Mets, 33 games, 2002. Uh, yep, another, another lefty, 36 uh, years old. It's uh, all these loogies that I didn't yep. even. So those are the ones. Now that we have the three-inning rule, all these guys wouldn't even pitch anymore. <laughs> I have to say, with, with this name, I thought it literally was two people. Rex Brothers. Cubs? No. Rockies? You got it. Colorado, 32 games, 2013. Uh, again, hard-throwing lefty, 1.74 ERA in 72 games. Uh, and finally, J.C. Romero. He's on wins. there twice? At a boy? So that's uh, him uh, that he's on there for a second time. You Atta are boy. correct with Good that. Good job. Uh, in 2004 at 32 games. Uh, so only guy to actually do that twice of two 30-plus game scoreless streaks. Uh, not too shabby. Uh, so there's a little bit of baseball trivia and history for you as we wrap up uh, our podcast this week. Again, next week we'll take a look at difference makers, guys coming back from injury, guys that we believe on the right team could be the right uh, trade candidate uh, that could help a team go off. And uh, For that one, think Nick Castellanos. Uh, from a couple of years ago when he went off uh, being traded from Detroit to Chicago. Uh, who can do that uh, that level within it? Is there any one of the minors that can be coming up uh, that can make a difference down the stretch? We'll take a look at that all coming up next week. Have a good week.